Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Come, Patriots fans. We are to go on an adventure all the way out to Wisconsin, Green Bay. For pretend season game number two is nigh Andy Hart and all the Foxborough faithful and good people of Patriots Nation. That's right. Preseason game number two is on the horizon. Patriots at Packers. Can the Patriots improve on their offensive performance from week one against the Texans? God, I hope so. Will the defense remain as stalwart or at least the starters? Chances are they'll actually probably face some starters this week. Special teams battles galore. Will this game be entertaining? All these questions and so many more to be answered on today's edition of Six Rings and Football Things with your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart. Brought to you by your friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. And don't forget, we are sponsored by the good people at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Stick around on today's podcast. The first half is a mailbag where we're answering the questions asked by you, the fanatics of Patriots Nation. Uh, We'll give you some insight on some of these questions, provide you with the best information we've gotten from joint practices and beyond. In the second half, we will preview Patriots at Packers and provide you with the FanDuel Sportsbook Six Rings Bet of the Week. Gentle reminder, last week, we started off hot, 2-0. and oh. uh, I bet under last week as 36.5, final score 20-9. to nine. Felt good about that one. Andy had the Texans. Spoiler alert, we may have similar bets this week, or will we? Stay tuned. Andy, what's on your mind right now as we make our way through the joint practices? Week number two, Pat's looking to improve, better showing. Bill Belichick doesn't seem to really care as much about the preseason as the rest of us do. Uh, it's just... Is it even an audition? What? How does Bill Belichick look at the preseason? There's your first question. I think uh, opportunity. Opportunity for the lessers, I think. I think he focuses more on that. I think the joint practices, which they're in the midst of with the Packers and we'll have next week in Tennessee, I think that's where he looks to get work done. You know, there were the reports yesterday. He lost his uh, mind a little bit after one rep, and he's very much invested in the practice field. And Mac talked about how they were replicating something they'd succeeded at and didn't, and there was a communication issue. And, like, I think he's dialed in, locked in during joint practices. Preseason action, I think he sees more for the sort of the next tier of the roster. It's more important to – and then from a a what are we looking for, what's going on kind of perspective, I don't – you know – even Evan Lazar, who mm-hmm. I think is generally positive towards the team, and he was mm-hmm. before, long before he ever started working for mm-hmm. the team at Patriots. Right. He's part of team media, analytics driven at times, but yes, he's mostly yep. on the pro Patriots side. Um, I believe, as he wrote it about the offensive line, not pushing the panic button, but hand is hovering over said panic button or something like that. And again, there we are. We are the ones, uh, people. I know you like to. Fitzy's a Fitzy's a hump and too obsessed with the the language and the bad jokes and hard is such a hardo and he's Mr. Football. We're out in front of every single one of these storylines that eventually once Patriots.com, NBC Sports Boston, maybe other national outlets pick it up. 
then it's a story. But oh no, don't listen to us. Months before Marcus Jones gets his first snap on offense, as we tell you, there'll be a better team with Marcus Jones. We've been calling it the bum fight in the hobo rumble since freaking March. And it's God. playing out as that and maybe even more so. Um, even Trent Brown, um, who I kind of mocked two weeks ago when he spoke, a week ago, it all blends together when he was like, we'll be fine. We'll, we all hang out together. We'll be fine once we get out there. Yesterday was not quite as optimistic and was kind of like, yeah, we need to get our guys out there and run some reps and get moving. But yesterday was a perfect example. They were cruising offensively, doing some nice things. Then they went more situational, game situations, and the wheels fall off. It is sacks. It's penalties. And certainly some of it is is rookie mistakes. You have uh, a Tony, yo, not Antonio, Antonio, Antonio. Um, Mafi out there. You have City So at right tackle now. You have Riley Reef bumping into guard. You just have a little bit of a... A mess. I don't. I mean, it's great that Trent Brown's back out there now, out there in pads, working with that group. Mm-hmm. But they still have a long ways to go. I don't think. I mean, Adrian Clem is probably not sleeping all that well these days in whatever hotel he's in, whatever rental he's in in Foxborough. And, and why would Billy Bay. O'Brien and and Andy to dovetail off of that? Why would Bill O'Brien be sleeping well these days? Because just because Adrian Clem has his work cut out for him, everything that he's able to do or unable to do, or what he needs to do ties directly into the success of Bill O'Brien, the reconfigured offense, the new players, the rookies, and of course the redemption tour or the needed improvement of Mac Jones as well. Uh, Matt Light was kind enough to join us earlier in the week on the Six Rings podcast, and if you missed it, it was a great chat. Uh, Listen to Matt's words on leadership, on what it's like to be a football player, working with Billy O'Brien, his his fond remembrance of Adrian Clem, so much more. Uh, And don't forget to... Make a donation to the Light Foundation and register for the fun, fun, fun sweepstakes he has for the week one game. Celebrate TB12.com. You can buy your entries to get a chance to win a photo op with Tom Brady, as well as tickets to Eagles at Patriots. Um, Will he be bringing his new supermodel girlfriend? All right. We don't know about that. I don't know if Miss Shake was part of the equation. Well, <laughs> is that her name? Shake? Irina Shake. Must be nope, Jake nope, 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 shake nope. like that. Nope. Once again, thank you very much, FanDuel, for sponsoring this very appropriate and family-friendly shake football. Your money maker. All right, we're gonna shake it up by getting shake back shake. on track. All right. Uh, anyway, I get Matt was talking about right in. Uh, no, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> that, that is just a terp. Yeah, let's just please go ahead. It was at the six-minute mark. Thank you very little. So. uh this is what it's like. And I feel like a kindergarten teacher have even your dog behind you. If you're watching on YouTube, stood up, up to he was like, he's like, he's like hey, screw this. I'm out. Of here. So anyway, uh, where were we? Good. All right. Let's start again. This is six rings in football. Things brought to you by FanDuel. Um, FanDuel. Uh, what was brought to you by FanDuel? Sounds like Andy's angling for uh, a different sponsor. So um, Matt Light was talking about why he believes the offensive line can work. But as simple as it may be, you know, it's all just about health and reps. And if you can't get these guys out, like if there's not good communication, if you don't have good health, if you don't have continuity, there won't be any success. And, you know, he said also like the the energy of Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem is going to help. And it was so visible last year that there was poor coaching and terrible communication. And that's why the frustration built on the line, spilled into Mac and then was team wide. And I, I get it. I, I get this terrible feeling that if the offensive line 
has issues once again, no matter how good the coaching from Clement O'Brien is, no matter how great the play scheme and design is, Andy, we may see, I'm not saying it's going to look like last year's offense, but we may see similar issues because it's just going to collapse on itself. Well, and the problem is, I think we all have questions, whether it's the offensive line or the offense in general, we all have questions about how talented they are, how good they are. But mm-hmm. you may not get to those because of the line. Like, you don't even get to find out how good they are because of the limitations that could be in place just based on reps, personnel, changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everyone is still holding out hope. Okay, well, it's no longer a month. Now it's closer to three weeks. But there's still a significant period of time before games, before you need your starting five out there, and you're still holding out hope. You'll get your best five. And who knows? Maybe these reps and these opportunities – kind of reconfigure the depth chart and maybe you find someone in Mothy or you find someone mm-hmm. in so who ends up being a part of the picture that you didn't exactly think of two months ago when it was Anderson and Reef and McDermott. Who knows? We'll see where it all mm-hmm. plays out. But I don't think there's any question. There is no bigger issue that this team needs to deal with than the offensive line. And I, I know we've talked about like the make or break year for Mac and how much pressure is on Billy O and all that. If you're going to be honest, you may not get to find that out depending on whether, how the line produces, how the line plays. And that's to me, that would be the most disappointing thing if the line is banged up. So you never get five guys. And then once even you get some five guys, it's not good. And there's penalty because they're not good enough to overcome penalties or, no. you know, nope. a runaway rusher that turns. Maybe Ramondre has a good run on first down. So now we're at second and four because he got a nice six yards. What oh, great. You know what yeah. we're, doing? we're doing play action because this is a great time for all oh, Mac is sacked. And now we're at third and 11. And yeah. it's like, well, that six run six yard run went down the crapper pretty quickly. And you, they're not good enough to overcome those things. And I do worry that there's going to be too many of those things. Lost yardage set because even we kind of gloss over it in the first game, like the running game was adversely affected by the line as much as the passing game was. My guy, Kevin Harris and Pierre uh-huh. Strong. Do you know so, what it was like? Hey, the, uh, John Lyons trotted this stat out the other night, uh, and he's got a good question coming up for us here in the mailbag. But John Lyons did, brought this out when I hosted the Rich Keefe Show Monday night on WEI. When the Patriots ran to the left side against the Houston Texans, ran, if you can see on YouTube, I'm using the giant rabbit ears because there wasn't much running. It was more just like praying and hustling and avoiding. They rushed the ball uh for i think it was uh 11 times for 20 yards sweet 1.8 yards per carry you can off left guard and left tackle <laughs> i'm just, honest to god i mean the only positive yardage in the run game kevin kevin harris just stymied jj taylor a couple of scoots your leading rusher was malik cunningham i think with 34 yards uh i mean he got 27 the on the final box. draft and he's the freaking quarterback also matt light did point out that the, the the key to the whole thing, obviously, with the communication and good health is David Andrews. And I, I want to ask you, Andy, full well knowing that, you know, you need to have, you know, Cole Strange's play improves drastically when David Andrews is out there. He's been pivotal with the development of Michael Wenyu as well. Uh, and who knows who may be coming in and out of this line now. Uh, could have extra linemen with, with 11 personnel because you only have like a decent tight end right now. Would you play David Andrews in the preseason full well knowing how pivotal his health is to the line? Probably not because a that, but also opportunities. Like I can get some guys out there to get some reps to see who they are. Cause I think, you know, who David Andrews is. I think you're comfortable with, he'll be ready. Um, And just 
to sort of use David Andrews as a leaping off point, I have another, I don't know if it's a growing concern, just a thought. Okay. So we're talking a lot about guys that need to step up, guys that need to break out, guys that need to yes. get back to whatever. We, mm -hmm. we do a lot of that. Well, those are 50-50. We'll see how those play out with each individual guy. I'm also wondering sort of the opposite of that. David Andrews, Lawrence Guy, mm -hmm. Adrian Phillips, Matthew Slater. Is there a concern that some of your stalwarts might start to show their age and might be more the name more than the performance? Like Lawrence Guy, I think, is one of the most underrated patriots of the of the era. Mm -hmm. But if he's not as good, well, who's stepping up? Is Barmore stepping up? Is Keon White stepping up? Is Dietrich Wise taking it again to an uh, so I there's there's a veteran core of old reliables, let's call them old Patriots okay. reliables. Mm -hmm. Guy Andrews, Slater, Phillips, kind of in that court. Even Jonathan Jones is not getting mm -hmm. any younger, and now he's got whatever he's dealing with. Over if two those, weeks. If those old reliables regress to steal a word that was big around Mac Jones in the offense a year ago, if those old reliables regress, that's a problem because now you now you can't hope for other guys to to jump and be better and reach their potential you need those guys to make a jump and reach their potential so as much as we fixate on jumpers and positives i think we have to fixate on some of these veteran reliables and and check in like week two week three and say are they as good as they've been for five years are they as good as we expect them to be or do we have even more holes that we didn't see coming because these guys are getting old right i'll even i'll even lump adrian phillips into that category as well uh, like that, there's someone they're going to rely on at, at, at one of the only positions of depth being safety as well. Uh, geez, Louise here, everything was trending positive, And for some reason now, all these elements of reality or questions continue to circle like vultures over the 2023 Patriots. They need good practice. I mean, the practices have been beneficial, but they need a showing on Saturday night. Although I can't promise I'm going to, this be a must honest. win preseason game. <laughs> uh, let's go to, uh, this question comes from, uh, Hey, it's a must-win game, bro. This question, uh, actually, Andy, here in the old mailbag early analysis portion of the Six Rings podcast, comes to you from you emails send in there. Uh... Good morning, football. Just gonna go ahead and just pod right past that one. It's gender free. It's agenda free and gender free as well. Oh, I like it. Thank That's you. Good. We should get t-shirts. All right, we'll get t-shirts made. Yeah, it sounds like Wiggy said both. And Callahan, uh, <laughs> Jerry, not Andrew. <laughs> Here we go. Um, this question comes from Good Morning Football at GMFB. Is Mac Jones the quarterback with the most to prove in the AFC? Um, because Peter Schrager believes it was. Jason McCourty said it's Russell Wilson. Uh, Kyle Brandt on Wednesday's Good Morning Football said it's Tua. Believe it or not, I think it's Deshaun Watson personally, but Mac's got to be right up there. Uh, I think Mac is up there. I would also throw. Herbert up there at some point he needs yeah, just to got something. paid right at some point I need to get like franchise return on investment from a guy who yeah he's cool he throws a good ball blah 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 he's skilled you know Schefter believes he's already a hall of famer that whole thing well mm -hmm. I don't know maybe win something do something with your talent yeah. and a pretty good roster around you overcome your coach if your coach is a problem whatever figure it out but uh, the one thing I will say that so th they're all candidates you know, mm -hmm. Watson is certainly an interesting one because of his contract. Mm -hmm. It's all guaranteed. So he's doing okay for himself. Yeah, um, and also missed two thirds of the season last year. So now he's got to actually, I think he needs to show up and validate the 46 million guaranteed that they're paying him. 
the the thing that I would say is Russell Wilson is battling to um, buff up his legacy because he is a, a a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, mm-hmm. but boy has his te- his legacy and his reputation taken a hit over the last couple of years with sort of retroactively people saying what happened late in his tenure in Seattle and then obviously what happened in Denver. But I would say Mac is a good answer because we've talked about this. His career is on the line. His hundreds of millions of dollar contract is Mm -hmm. on the line. His next step, whether it's a Patriots quarterback or a journeyman somewhere else, is on the line. So I think he probably does have the most to prove on the field and off the field where he has to prove he can be, you know, a cool, calm, collected leader of a franchise and not a uh, McEnroe hothead. Yeah, I mean, he's got doubters and detractors all over the media and the parking lots at Gillette in the stands. May still even have some internally. Obviously, things did not go so swimmingly last year with he and his positional coaches, even his head coach. Now he's given... Are they really giving him the best chance, though, at redemption with a line that has issues and is in complete flux, sometimes disarray, it seems? No elite wide receiver? I mean, if you want to talk about just giving fodder to the Belichick doesn't like Mac Jones crowd, And, you know, but why would Bill Belichick at the same time torpedo his own success? Just like, why would he cut off his nose to spite his face by not doing the most he can to help Mac Jones win? Because, you know, the way it kind of works is like, if Mac Jones wins, Bill Belichick kind of wins too. You know how it's weird. Yeah, Yeah, it's really weird. weird. The correlation between the two. It's really strange. Damn, I think we just stumbled across something. Uh, Here we go. Okay. Next coming up. uh, 13 sacks, by the way, given up in the first day of uh, combined practices. That's great. Uh, John Lyons, our pal at the station wants to know, curious to know if you guys think a move of a when you to right tackle could happen and have one of the younger guys play right guard. If the struggles continue now, Matt light earlier this week said, gee whiz, he went to right tackle in a moment of need in 2020 and was terrific in his rookie season, six rounder out of Michigan. Yet bill continues to say, no, he's a guard. That's where he's going to play guard. I mean, are we not near the point where you need to like kind of, futz around with that if he can get healthy and come back because he was great out there what do they not want to have to pay him as a tackle in case they hold on to him guards get paid too yeah i i don't know if it's financial i don't know if it's stubborn like nope we envision him as this and we're going to prove that he is this because i think you reached the point last year with all the struggles at right tackle that he should have been a consideration for right tackle before um connor mcdermott kind of swooped in and solidified it a little bit down the stretch yeah I would have done it already. I would have done it last year. I would do it this year. I think it's easier to find a guard. I think it's easier to protect a guard in there. So if you have to put a city, so or Mafi or even a, an aging guy like reef, maybe you go, you know what reef has lost a little bit of lateral movement and athleticism. Maybe we can stash him at right guard. As long as on when who's good enough at right. I would absolutely mm-hmm. consider it, but my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. Matt light's opinion doesn't matter. I'm not even sure Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem's opinion matters. It seems like one opinion matters, and that is Bill Belichick. Uh, Fair point. Uh, Joey Mack, with everything you've seen so far this summer, fellas, what do you put as the ceiling for this team? The roof. (laughs) What is the – nope, nope. Nope. Once it, boy, Terp's going to have a lot of editing to do on this one. This I'm going to miss out on half the podcast. Uh, I would uh, say the ceiling for this team is nine wins. Wow. You've dropped. Now we know that uh, if you visit FanDuel right now, the betting line, seven and a half wins, it has not moved one way or another. 
a lot of people are now starting to trend in the seven or six direction. Although you still have plenty of people, Mac Island residents, big Billy O believers who think that 10, 11 wins is possible for this team. I, I don't know. Wait, I mean, Billy O a magician. Cause I, oh, I'm just, a big just like, the, just like the illusionist that was on hard knocks episode one that like turned the deck of cards into like a little fishbowl. Yeah, that's what that's you're going to need from Billy O. Because there are a few people that <laughs> like and respect Billy O more than I do. Yep. And, I mean, he can only do so much. I mean, you can only, you know, the chicken you-know-what can only mm -hmm. be turned into, at best, it's chicken salad. Now you're asking him to make, like, the best chicken Chicken, chicken a la king. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what you're doing. Like, um, And I am trending. I'll, I'll be honest. Ton, very honest. I had doubts and limited mm -hmm. expectations heading into the season and I'm trending negative from what I've seen lack of depth offensive line continuing to go longer and longer as a question mark I'm trending negative right now which most people are like no kidding Andy we've heard you before you always trend negative not true I'm kind of going with like the uh record prediction palindrome either it's going to be seven and ten or ten and seven that that's where I am. Like the ceiling, I say is ten and seven. Wins, you should run naked through the streets of Boston. No one wants to see that. The idea is to celebrate, not not wish away your days as a human being, because the our time is fleeting in this earth to begin with. But that's where I am too. Like ten and seven, just the record's too difficult. They got too, so much work to do, and even if they perform optimally, injuries are going to happen. There's too much talent in oh, the division. Ten and yep. seven, I got for a ceiling. Uh, Mike G, if the season begins tomorrow, is Booty on the roster? No practice squad. Yeah. He just hasn't been a, I thought he got off to a slow start to camp and B, even mm -hmm. when he's come on, he's been sort of inconsistent within some of those practices. I, I just need to see more to me. He's a practice squad talent right now. Maybe mm -hmm. he can jump up and do something in the coming preseason games and joint practices, but I just don't think he's worth a pra uh, roster spot right now. Uh, and these are two tough ones, Andy, but these are the people that follow us. These are the people with questions. These are the people that want their voices heard. And we are here to do nothing, if not amplify them, answer them, potentially mock them, or sadly agree with them. Charlie don't surf wants to know, Hey guys, what week will fans be wearing brown paper bags by Gillette? He's going old school jets and ain'ts fans on us. Wow. Wow. Let's say, Oh, ain'ts week five, right? That, that would be, be one. after an Owen four start brown paper bags. Oh, Andy, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so, Jumbo. Or late in week seven, you play the Bills. If you're taking another ass whooping from the Bills at that point, and you're like one in five or one in six, whatever it would be at that point, two and something, I would put that as a possibility. Do you rule it out? A and brown Oscar, paper bag? No, I yeah. don't. No, I, 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 really I either. no, Andy, from listen, the reason why before I go in and do my, you know, uh, you know, jumbo head on the jumbotron routine in the stadium, watch the game and then drive back to Brighton and do the post game show with you. I spend time in the lots each and every week because there is no better way. It's like the whole Tommy boy thing. Like, you know, uh, sticking your head up the cow's rear just to get a, a, a good look at the steak and take the, the butcher's butcher. word. Yeah. Ask the butcher. Exactly. So I stick my head up the proverbial cow's rear and ask the butcher by going out and trolling the lots for an hour and a half and just trying to get a feel for what the, what's on the fans mind last year. Last year, there was such palpable frustration from most of the fans. The I'll just believe in everything Bill says, and I'm not worried about it. And Bill, we trust they're the Patriots. You see that? That's the Patriot way, blah, 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 was ebbing and eroding significantly. 
Fans were telling me left and right, you don't need to hear it from social media. Go hear it from someone who's drinking their breakfast while they're frying up, uh, you know, so a little sausage and peppers, you know, eggs and bacon, doing the, chi- you know, buffalo chicken for breakfast. Highly underrated. Definitely recommend it. Uh, these people are frustrated. And it's not because they haven't been spoiled. Of course they've been spoiled. But when decisions like letting Tom Brady go and then turning the team into like, uh, you know, a 500 competitor for several years in the turnaround are made, you're going to have fans saying, but wait, why did you do that? Because I liked what we had. Why did you tell me that we, we don't get to have that anymore? At no point were the fans like, yeah, let's move on from Brady. Great idea. They're, they're ang- they're, they're, there's a potential for not a revolt, but anger. So I think paper bags might be a little extreme. The thing I was thinking. Plus you have to pay 10 cents a piece for them these days at market basket. And and I just found that out. And that is ridiculous. (laughs) I hate it. It is the most (laughs) asinine thing. Go to Trader Joe's. They give them out for free. (laughs) So how long till like the restaurant charges me for fork rental and knife rental added on to the bottom of my bill? Like how long? Uh, Would you be surprised if you were to go to a restaurant and you said, oh, miss, uh, excuse me, I'd like to take this to go. Oh, there's a 50 cent upcharge for doggy boxes. Yep. Nope. Well, guess what? But, you know what? I'm putting the chicken parm in my pocket then. Charge me whatever you want because this is the last time you'll ever see me. Go wow. go pork yourself. Um, wow. Anyway, you know what I was wondering if you could see? Remember the famous Browns guy who did the quarterback jersey adding on to it all the different mm-hmm. nameplates? Mm-hmm. How long till we see like a Mac jersey with the Mac Jones crossed out and the nameplate says like who's next or something? Well, that's it's what a, I think you could we've see. We've done Cam and Stidham technically because Stidham was supposed to be the starter. So you could start, it would say Stidham and then Newton and now Mac Jones. Like, I think you could I have see a, that. You know, Andy, I back in 2016, truly still to this day, one of my all-time favorite memories as a Pats fan was going to the Brady Returns game in Cleveland week five. Uh, Cody Kessler got the start for the Browns. Brady came in, uh, slow start for the defense, but they turned it around, whipped their ass. It was a Patriot fan takeover and just the joy, like God, that joy, you miss it so much. Just the, the, the connection, the, the appreciation from the fans, but I met the guy with the Jersey and it was like 17. Yeah. It was all electrical tape. Like it was like 17 long. It was now going down his ass. He almost needs to turn it into a dress. Hopefully they feel like they may have found their quarterback. That's why we think Deshaun Watson is one of the AFC QBs with the most approved. But I mean, just to think that the Pats could be ambling down that road, whether Mac Jones has it or they do him a disservice and don't give him an opportunity to prove that he doesn't belong on that jer- that wall of shame, the jersey of uh, disregard and disrespect, if you will. And these are the two franchises that will be playing on Saturday night that have least lived that world or I mean, you look at it, Brady and Bledsoe was 30 years or whatever it was. And Favre and Rogers was same thing, same thing, 30 years. And now you have comparable. Yes. Right. Now you have Jordan Love and Mac Jones, both trying to prove that they are franchise quarterbacks. And we shall see in this must win Saturday night affair at Lambeau Field. Uh, The last question I'm going to ask Patriots at Patriots fan 1986's question, but I'm going to then spin it into a. more pointed question as far as ownership and Patriots management goes. He asks, when will media, when will the media admit that this team is unbelievably boring being in Australia? We have to be up at 3am to watch it. It's a tough watch every week, not because they lose, but because they don't have a single player worth watching. I think there are players worth watching and maybe this season will bring us more players worth watching some possibly blooming developing stars. We'll see. But my question off of this is, do you think ownership is concerned with the boredom factor 
And from the Bengals game last Christmas Eve, where there were only 45,000 people there, and the preseason game where there were maybe 35,000, if we're being generous, do you think ownership is concerned with the fans' disengagement with this team? Absolutely. Absolutely. And first of all, I guess we're not media, which I guess is good, because if you haven't heard six rings talk about the entertainment value of this team going back three years now, Cam Newton, Mac Jones, uh, the whole thing, uh -huh. then you haven't been paying attention. But we appreciate you listening in uh, Australia. Good day, mate. Top mm -hmm. of the morning to you down under. That was Irish and Australian. What are we doing? <laughs> and kind of um, English. And <laughs> yep, there's a lot going on there. I didn't want to offend everybody. So no, I, I love everybody. a good accent Perfect. train wreck as much as the next fan. Yep. Good. Um, but no, I, yes, firmly believe that the crafts will be well aware of not just tickets sold, but asses in seats and showing up and engagement. They monitor everything from its Internet articles to, you know, social media engagement. They're always at the top of the x i guess you call it now mm -hmm. um followers and things of that nature they'll absolutely be on that because some of it is financial obviously mm -hmm. but then of some of it is just being ahead of the trends of your team and how do we counter this how do we deal with this so yeah i absolutely think robert and certainly jonathan Kraft, as they're going through the analytics not just the visual you know losing games booze on the field asses but deeper analytical dives into their uh, support and engagement with fans, they will absolutely be monitoring that this year because they see and hear everything. They know that people are complaining, oh, we don't have any stars and high-end talent. And I was really surprised. I was with my son and his friends uh, the second that the Zeke news broke, mm -hmm. um, and they weren't excited. It was weird. They were like, ugh, he's he's washed, and like, oh, that's what they're trying to serve us as a star, basically. Like, there was um distaste for that move and i was surprised and that's bad if you're you wow. if you're losing some young fans and the fans that are generally on the edge of their seat for such a signing and excite like you might have a uh as the presidential candidates say a likability or electability issue right now with this team Whew, a dark and dreary dare i say borderline dismal edition of the six rings mailbag but unfortunately we are left to traffic in the reality of the moment and the now and the pats have some work to do and so do we. Our work is to try to cheer you guys up or at least get you prepared for Patriots at Packers on Saturday night. And we will gladly do that as well as give you the FanDuel Sportsbook Six Rings Bet of the Week. Once again, Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by your friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. All right, now it is preview time. The New England Patriots have traveled to Green Bay. They have been joint practicing all week with Matt LaFleur's Green Bay Packers. As you pointed out in our mailbag portion of this week's podcast, Andy, two franchises that have experienced excellence, if not greatness at times, over the last 30 years with their quarterbacks, basically Favre into Rodgers. Rodgers! And then you've had Bledsoe into Brady. And now both teams searching for their next answer, for the answer at quarterback. Jordan Love now in his third year as well, but this is his first year as a starter. Mac Jones in his third year. Technically his third year as a starter as well. Uh, but he's he should be further along than Jordan Love. Jordan Love looks to potentially be a great fit for what Matt LaFleur is doing on offense. Is Mac Jones the answer for the Patriots and Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick? These are some of the many questions we have, and we hope to find out more. Saturday night's game, 8 p.m. Eastern time. What's the first thing, Andy, that you will be looking for or toward Saturday night uh, when the Pack and the Pats kick things off? Like We expect the starters to be out there for the, at least the first couple series, right? 
Well, um, yeah, but what I'll be looking for, I don't know if they'll be starters. I'll be looking for the people playing offensive line to see if they are competent and capable and mm-hmm. competitive. Those C words we've been tossing Triple around C. for the team. Yes. Um, can We will see if they can compete and show up. So, because it's the practice field and the, and the preseason game field last week have been incredibly consistent, as in consistently bad for the offensive line. So if we're going to stick around with C's, uh, consistently crappy. Yeah, it's been a real forget it. I won't keep going with nope, that. No, that's later we'll get in trouble. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, but it all starts there. Like, I want to see Mac ah. do things. I want to see. Actually, I would probably put Ramondre Stevenson in the uh, bubble wrap. I don't even know that I need to see Ramondre Stevenson. But um, whoever's running the ball, do they have holes? Mm-hmm. Whoever's throwing the ball, do they have protection? And there just hasn't been enough of that so far. And so that. I don't know how you could have any other answer than the offensive line and the guys that are blocking. That is the be all end all start all. Yeah. But I, I like, first off, I just want to remind everybody. And for some reason, this seems to be an issue in new England with people that are kind of probably on edge or, you know, hiding their concerns and burying them under a defensive posture, but it is okay. I even said this last year when I was at a blood drive and I joined the Greg Hill show live from Fenway park for a while Last year, I expressed my concerns over the development of the offense in preseason. And I told him live on air, like, guys, it's okay for your offense to look okay in the preseason. It's okay to score points in the preseason. It doesn't have to all just get chalked up to, ah, Belichick's just running Sims so he can learn and figure things out for the regular season. As we saw, the offense sucked in the preseason and the offense kind of sucked in the regular season. It's okay for the Patriots to actually electrify the fans. It's okay for them to turn heads on the field. It's okay for them to make the broadcasters say, wow, I didn't see that coming. What a play. There's been zero of that save for Malik Cunningham running the ball in the fourth quarter. I know it's only one preseason game, but like, you know what I need to see? I want to see Mac Jones complete a couple of downfield passes. I would like to see some plays where Green Bay gets put on their ass. I'd like to see the Patriots God forbid, dominate for just even 30 seconds or a minute long stretch because they just got pushed around by and large, save for a little Jalen Mills and Keon White action last week. It's a it's like a snooze. It's a freaking it's okay. Like how many players have we seen break out so far in the preseason? We've seen Tank Bigsby in Jacksonville, Deuce Vaughn lighten it up down there. A little fight like guy who makes J.J. Taylor look like Hakeem Olajuwon down there in Dallas. Bengals, Packers, their first game was really entertaining as well. The Jets have looked good for the better part of the preseason. Like, it's okay to step out and have a really awesome drive and go down and shove it down the Packers' throat and score a touchdown. Right. For example, just run Tyquan Thornton straight down the field at 4.2 whatever and throw it up. and throw it to him. See what can happen. Yeah. I'm all for that because that would fall under the Andy Hart rule of entertain me because, you know. Sometimes entertainment value is far and fleeting in preseason games. So, yes, I, I would agree with you on the entertainment part. The flip side of the ball, um, you're going to go against probably a, a primarily starters on the Packers offensive line. Let's mm-hmm. see the defense that we've been raving about for weeks and weeks, you know, whether it was preseason. I mean, before the season when we were like theorizing the defense can be good or then on the practice field, and the game field saying, oh, yeah, this looks like it could be good. Continue to do that. Take the next step. You have some young receivers on the Packers side of the ball versus young corners on the Patriots side of the ball. So kind of a a fair matchup. It's not like you're putting Christian Gonzalez against a wily veteran. It's young versus young. It's upside versus upside. So let's see what this young defense and pass rush and everything can do against Jordan Love and company. Exactly. You're going to see a mobile quarterback. You're going to see speedy young receivers. You're going to see speedy tight ends as well. 
Musgrave is a handful. Uh, could yep. be a could be a nice little sneaky steal for he them. Could be a problem. Yeah, he could he be might, for this defense. Like yeah. if I were doing a regular season preview, I like the Patriots' safeties. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the Patriots' safeties, other than maybe Mills, can cover him. And like I think Kyle Duggar, we, we've talked a little bit about this. Like he's he'll have interceptions in camp, and everybody's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. Kyle Duggar," and it's like. Yeah, but three or four of the other plays before that, he was getting toasted by Hunter Henry or Mike Gesicki. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure coverage is his thing. So um, that that tight end issue could be a matchup for this defense if we we're talking about early and it mattering and pretending this is real football. Of course. And lest we forget, or or at least we mention uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they've got great young, great backs, obviously both veterans at this point, but they've got speed. They're great on the wheel routes, great in the flat. Screen passes, power runs up the gut. I think the Patriots will get tested appropriately at just about every point of interest along the line, out in space, down the field, and then flip, you know, flip it to the other side. The Packers have a good pass rush. They have good corners in Razul Douglas and Jair Alexander. Like, I think this is a perfect test for every element of the Patriots that we're interested in, curious about, or have our reasonable concerns. Andy, tell me a couple of players that you'll have your eye on Saturday night because you think they may be either competing for their job or competing for a spot on the roster. Well, I will go back to the guy that I find curious last week, Jalen Mills. What's his role? What are his reps? Who's he's because it'll be interesting. Like last week, he was with the ones that aren't weren't the ones because the real ones were watching from the sideline this week. If he doesn't see a lot of early time and then is on the field with the quote unquote twos. He might just be a two who's fighting for his job kind of guy. Adrian Phillips, I'll keep an eye on his usage because I know he's been a popular surprise cut candidate. Um, it'll be interesting to see Trent Brown get out there and start to have, if he has them. And then the guy I talked about last week, I think maybe we're going to get a little taste of the rookie sensation, overrated, underrated, whatever you want to call him, Marte Mapu and what he can do physically. Because there's a guy that if you want to match up a, versatile athletic defensive back linebacker type with a versatile athletic tight end. Maybe that's a matchup. You see some form of early on to see what this youngster can do with some live game action. So those guys, and then it's not sexy, not sexy, but um, we got a kicking battle going on with Ryland and Nick Folk kind of what happens there. Who gets reps? We talked about it last week, even in the punting game. Like I want to see these guys that are young opportunities slash be put in position to succeed and or fail, like put a little pressure on him. So um, Nick Folk, Chad Ryland, and even mm-hmm. my guy, Beringer, boom, the ball, Lambeau field, get it up through the uh, wind mm-hmm. stream. The tundra's not frozen. So it should be a fine night to kick. Exactly. Now, Beringer has all but had his job secured because uh, Waitman was wearing 15 during pretend season and training camp, and they just gave that to Zeke. So I'm pretty, pretty comfortable and confident <clears throat> to use more C words that Bryce Barringer has won the job. I know he shanked a couple, but he got some nice Foxborough, uh, some Foxborough roles or what did, what'd you guys like to call them? The, uh, Romanian roles back the in the Romanian Zoltan roles Mesco for Zoltan day. Mesco. That's right. Don't mess with the Zoltan. Uh, I, yeah, the kicking battle bears watching can old, uh, my guy, big kick, Nick, hold on to his job and withstand the charge from fourth round draft pick, Chad Ryland. Ryland had a tough day in joint practices. Uh, I know the win was a factor late. Folk doesn't have the leg he does, but he's obviously got the accuracy. Would they consider keeping two? And if they do, oh my God, what does that say about the depth at so many other positions where the Patriots are desperate for quality play or star power? Yeah, the offensive line needs to be watched. 
I would love, now you mentioned it earlier in the entertainment factor portion of our preview. I would love to see Taekwon Thornton make some freaking plays. Just throw him the ball. Agreed. Yeah. Just uh, throw maybe him the ball, a little, see what he can do. Throw, if he gets broken, he gets broken. If he doesn't do it, he doesn't throw do it. Throw a bunch of, like, get, put him, let's see a 15 yard out. Let's see 20 yards down the seam and see if he can avoid. Feed, feed, him, feed Thornton. Style. No, he literally needs to be fed because he's so well, small. I don't need to see Ezekiel Elliott. He needs to round up into shape. And, oh, he's you know, rounded out for the shape. Yeah. <laughs> I walked right into that one. Into shape. But now Pierre Strong is a little bit dinged up. We may not see him. Who the hell else is going to, like, are we going to see Micah Vanterpool, the US, the ex, the USFL uh, tackle that they signed out of Hawaii, who played at Hawaii? Are we going to see Maribel, Carabel, Caramel, Caramello, whatever his name is? Oh, the CJ running Maribel is a human being and he has feelings. Okay, put some. Am I going to put some respect on that name after yeah. Saturday? You should. You think? I mean, no. he's obviously going to get meaningful reps because they don't have many other running backs. What'd you pull out earlier? Meaningful. Okay, well, are, who would you rather see toting the ball Saturday night? Kevin Harris. G- After Harris, it's going to have nope, to be somebody Harris, else. Just all Harris. All Harris. Just it's run him into the ground. Because I saw people saying, like, the performance last week was, like, why they had to sign Zeke, blah, blah, blah. Zeke, I don't. I think you could have put Barry Sanders behind that offensive line last oh, week, and he wouldn't have gotten positive. Gail yards. Sayers would have actually had yeah. his lunch handed to him. Jim Brown, whoever you want to pick. So right. I'd like to see, similar to Thornton, in a different mm-hmm. level of the roster, but I'd like to mm-hmm. see Kevin Harris get some consistent. You're going to get three series in a row in the first or second quarter here. I want to see what you can do. At some point, I need positive yards. I need broken tackles. I need you to show that you're a big back who can do the job. So I would like to see an extended period of Kevin Harris. Yes. Okay. I wouldn't mind seeing Maribel just to see if we can have a camp star or somebody who can flash and do a little extra something. I don't know. I mean, I can't believe backup tight ends. How about next in line tight ends? Ferkser's Ferkser, Anthony Ferkser. These other guys. Lumpkin. Sokol, Mm. Lumpkin, and Ferkser. Worst law firm ever. I'm not taking any of my business there. But right now it sounds like Ferkser's grasping a hold of the job that could potentially be his depending on how that mild dislocation of the shoulder for Mike Kosicki goes. Again, Ooh, not two great. Two tight end sets with Ferkser. Ferkser and Hunter uh, Henry. Oh, God. What happened? Remember when this was fun? It still is fun. <laughs> See, I get joy out of football because I, I love football and I love the unknown. And guess what? Right. Just like last week, and we haven't even mentioned a, a name, a, a name that we probably should mention. Malik Cunningham Malik? was the star of last week, right? Yep. That game sucked without Malik Cunningham. There will be another guy this week who, Demario Douglas, Tyquan Thorne, I don't know who it's going to be, whether it's the starters and high-end guys who didn't play last week Mm -hmm. getting their chance, and and maybe it's three plays. Remember last week we said, oh, that's a good catch from Thornton. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's Bourne who gets three plays. One's on a motion, jet sweeps, and you're like, oh. Oh, are they going to Hey, hey, welcome back. Welcome back. So there will be upside when we do our immediate reactions after the game or Sunday or whenever the hell we're doing them, we will we'll have be on a 10 a.m. on Sunday. Yep. Oh, yeah. We'll have upside ones. Now, there'll be downside ones. We might still be bitching about the line. We might be bitching about, uh, ooh, Keon White came back to reality when he got a little earlier rep. Or Christian Gonzalez, oh, boy, he was chasing Christian Watson or something. But there are going to be pros and cons coming out of this game because there have been of every game I've covered for the last 24 years. Uh, yes, I agree. There will be pros and cons <laughs> Sunday. We'll have our ups and downs and more. Yes. A good camp competition battle. It's fun. Who can make 52. Of course it's fun. I'm just sort of right. lamenting the fact that we're like grasping for like, I can't wait to see blank or this guy is going to light camp. Okay, up. Oh. I'll give you one. 
I'll give you one that will ignite not just Patriot Nation, but the entire football-loving planet. Pat McAfee, the overrated podcast guy that he is. Oh, you're just jealous of his millions. True. Okay. Uh, (laughs) How about, let's just say it's the seventh, eighth, ninth play of the game. I don't know if it's first good first series or it's the second series. Mac has gotten, you know, it's now third and five. Okay. Ooh, tough down. Is that Malik Cunningham coming on the field? Is Mac jogging off? Is that Malik? Bring it. Oh, now see that all of a sudden you just took a perfunctory activity and practice repetition and pretend football and made it exciting. And Malik then Cunningham, Cunningham comes on to the right. He's looking for Kendrick Bourne covered by Jair Alexander. Oh, that's oh, a bad oh, Jair oh. Alexander's running the oh, touchdown Packers. At least we'll have something to talk about. I would lo- give him a couple snaps with the ones. Don't just make it a fourth quarter show. I think we will see significant action for Malik Cunningham because they need to know if he can be a third quarterback on the roster. He's gotten work at gunner, receiver, and quarterback so far in camp. They're doing everything they can to try to make this guy make the roster. All right, Andy, and now it is time for us to make the people some money. That's right. It is the Six Rings and Football Things FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week. FanDuel, make every moment more. Last week, of course, we were 2-0 and with our inaugural Six Rings FanDuel Bet of the Week. And like the degenerates we are, we're betting on the preseason. Why? Because we can't get enough. And like you say, Andy, it's entertainment. It's fun. And right now it's with funny money. Although when the regular season starts and we're putting real money on it, may get a little more interesting. All right. Last week you said Texans. They were three and a half point favorites at Gillette. They win 20 to nine. Your pick was that your pick went that way because you liked their depth at quarterback and you thought their bench players would be better. Pat Sav had no starters in the game. I went with the under. Traditionally, the Patriots are not big scorers in the preseason. It was 36 and a half at kickoff and the final score was 20 to nine. Andy, I will give you first pick once again. Where are you going with your FanDuel Six Rings bet of the week? Pats at Packers. The Packers are three and a half point favorites. Yeah, so sadly uh, for Patriots fans, not that winning and losing in the preseason really matters, although it does matter to the Baltimore Ravens who've won 24 straight or 25 straight. Mm-hmm. Um, Receiver, with- by the way, from Boston College for them, that uh, what are they, uh, that Flowers kid? He yeah, was- it's weird. The guy that I wanted that is lighting up the summer and people are like, oh my God, this guy is a ridiculous weapon and all these things. Um, but I'm going to go with the Packers to mm-hmm. win by one to 13 points in that point range. I don't know if people are aware of this This is a little like more Mm -hmm. bets you can do Mm -hmm. on the FanDuel Mm -hmm. app. And so I think the Packers will win this game. I think they have the better starting unit. Um, I think you're going to see Jordan love probably make some plays. And I think you're probably going to see Mac under duress with that offensive line. Um, And then who knows it's preseason football. Who knows what happens when you get Malik Cunningham on the field or whoever the hell else but give me the Packers to win by one to 13 points. I believe it's coming in right now at about plus 150 on mm-hmm. the FanDuel app. So uh, I like the uh, value there as well. And I'm looking to move to 2-0. and uh, Last week, the Packers, very good pick. That was actually going to be my pick as well. You stole it right out from under me. But that's okay because I feel reasonably confident and comfortable in my selection as well. In their first pretend season game, the Packers won 36-19 to over the Cincinnati Bengals. Proving once again, scoring is legal and allowed. In the preseason, backup quarterback Sean Clifford went 20 of 26 
one tutty, two picks, but had over 200 yards. They had a running back by the name of Emmanuel Wilson with 111 yards as a backup. Wilson! Two, ah! uh, who doesn't love who doesn't love a good Wilson? So uh, do I see the Packers putting up 36 points? No, but the over-under is only 37. Will the Patriots probably get to somewhere between 10 and 17? Yes, which means the Packers only need to put up between 20 and 24 points. I see this maybe like a Packers 27, Patriots 17 kind of affair. So I will take it minus 105, the over in Patriots at Packers. Ooh, over. Over. Give me the I'm always over. happy to root for the over in a preseason game because it means there's it's, plays happening, yeah. being given up, yeah. made, whatever, however you want to put it. Mm -hmm. Plays are happening. Let's go. Pick sixes, big kicks, bomb throws, Hail Marys, whatever it is. Get the kids out there, run them, score them. And that's what we got. So once again, your Six Rings FanDuel Sportsbook bets of the week for pretend season week number two. Andy Hart has the Packers winning by one to 13 points at plus 150. And at minus 105, Andy's dog, who can currently be seen next to the second Mike at Andy's home office desk studio. He's super interested in my pick of over 37 points at minus 105. All right, Andy, any final thoughts here as we wrap up this excellent Pats Packers pretend season week two preview episode of Six Rings? I think I am always a contrarian because I feel like some fans are becoming less interested in this team as the preseason wears on and they're getting more worried and some of that. Uh, I'm more interested. I'm more interested to just see what Bill does, what Bill O'Brien does, how they react, the tough schedule. It may go well. It may not go well, but I'm really becoming more interested to see how the Patriots handle uh, handle their business, as they say, mm -hmm. coming up in September. But uh, we still get a few weeks to go before we get there. Business growth adversity. All of it. We're here for all of it. You can follow along with us at Six Rings Pod, at Jumbo Heart, at Fitzy GFY, and of course, a contributor to the Six Rings of Football Things podcast and our beat writer extraordinaire at weei.com, at Mike Cadlick with a K. We'll have updates throughout the week, all Saturday night long. Andy and I will do a, shall we say, belated version of the Six Rings postgame show when we do the Fitzy and Heart program Sunday, 10A to 1230P on WEEI and all across the WEEI Sports Radio Network. For producer Justin Turpin, our friends at FanDuel, the sponsor of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, FanDuel, make every moment more. Andy Hart, his dog behind us, who kept us entertained for a large portion of the podcast, and your old pal Nick Fitzy-Stevens. This has been Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you soon. Good day, God bless, and not go, Pat, go. Let's go, Pats.